0: up your dirtbags. My name is Luke Aggerbrotten and I'm joined here with my co-dirtbag, Mr. Luke Payne. How's it going, man?
1: Mr. Luke Aggerbrotten, I'm doing fantastic. It is wedding week. We are ready to get married and yeah, doing well, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing excellent. It's uh, one of my favorite days is always jumping on and recording. It's just fun to uh, put a few back, obviously talk with you, but then Usually we get to have uh, some special guests on, and today I'm extremely excited. We've got a very special guest. Luke, you said you've been following him since 2018, which is basically when you started Black Iron. So without further ado, we got to welcome in our guest today, Dervin Whitmer. How's it
2: going, man? Gentlemen, pleasure pleasure to be on the show and uh, glad to be drinking with you. Cheers.
0: Absolutely. Dervin, what do you got in the glass there?
2: I got Jameson Irish here, and it's uh, mixed with a little bit of uh, lemon-lime, and nice. I got a cherry mix standing by if I need more. There you Just go. Just in
0: case, that, see, un- what, uh, see what we get into on the podcast here. So, yes,
2: A little Jameson. I love a little Jameson. I
1: used to love, not to make this about me, but I used to love Jameson um, gingers. Uh, J-Mo gingers is what I would mm-hmm. always get at the bars. Those are good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Luke, I think I know right before we started, obviously, big week for you. Um, Obviously, you were about to be in Michigan on a job helping Dylan, but you decided to take the more mature route, uh, maybe the (laughs) better route for the sake of your marriage, but you're you're staying home, getting work done, and you got a big Saturday coming up here. Staying home,
1: decided it was just not in the cards to do that at the moment. Would have been a blast. But yeah, we'll have to be another time. So staying home, making the wife happy or the fiance happy. We're not married yet, so I can't call her that yet. But we're working on those brownie points. So yeah, big congrats. Yeah. I think you made a good choice. Well, thanks, Dervin. <laughs> Appreciate it. I think she would agree with both of you.
0: Yeah, good stuff. So Dervin, um, super excited to have you here. Uh, I think you and I relate to each other, and you and Luke relate to each other in super um, completely opposite ways, I would say. And uh, how I first started um, jumping onto your page was, you know, taking a look at what you guys are doing and really what stood out to me is how you're niching down, but your content strategy on Instagram and everything really stood out to me. So I'm curious to kind of jump in. I know we got a lot of people listening that maybe have, are just starting their few years into their company or they're 10 years in, no matter what they're starting to look towards, you know, this content game, not just for getting new projects, but for hiring, um, you know, yeah. their, their their next workforce. So if you could talk to Luke and I a little bit about how you got started in like developing some of that content on your Instagram page, uh, Dig It, Excavating, like if you could kind of walk us through that, like that whole process and how you got to the point where you're at today.
2: Yeah. So uh, we started the business, uh, I started the business in 2005 and generally, you know, everybody had a Facebook, uh, not a Facebook, uh, a phone book ad. And so I was like, okay, wow, there's a list of excavators here. I put my face on it uh, at the, re- at the uh, recommendation of my brother-in-law. He said, make it personal. Yeah. So we at least made the phone book ad personal. And uh, man, it just seemed very expensive. And it just seemed like I was like lost in the, in the sea of... Oh, turn to page sixty five to see our half page ad or whatever you know
0: <laughs> how how expensive was a half page phone book ad? I have no idea
2: you know what i I kind of forget what the prices were because it has been probably fifteen years since we had a phone book ad, maybe more um but I know it was a high percentage of our marketing budget yeah um so um i think you know my brother-in-law was saying hey look you know the everyone's getting phones they're all searching on their phones and stuff this is the way things are going to go so let's pull the money that you're spending let's let's start to you know develop an online presence because one of the things that i noticed and i was doing uh, septic stuff not just excavating so there was kind of two different paths we could go down And there was really no educational type material for for either one um it was just kind of a sea of bulldozers and backhoes on a page you know and cut and paste junk on online as well so i i moved into the in an area that i'm not known for as far as a a last name like you know maybe maybe egabrotton is like a well-known name in your town or something I, i didn't have that
1: it is surprisingly i don't want to jump in front of you but luke's dad was the coolest cop in town
2: there you go so, yes, yeah it's funny that you so, say that but, so
0: yes. some people think it's great some people don't and uh, obviously i think it's great but yeah there's the name uh, gets thrown around a lot
2: <laughs> yeah yeah so it was like what's gonna set us apart from the other guys you know how can we how can we be noticed how can we provide something that's not there And I, I, on the septic side was like, you know, people are so ignorant about their septic systems. They have no clue that they even have one half the time. They don't know that there's ongoing maintenance that has to happen. They don't know that they could put a riser in there and pump it very easily. They don't know that there's effluent filters, all this kind of stuff. They're like, you know, what's the number one thing that people say when they call and either septic tank pumped? It's full the shitter's full. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when and I you laugh. laugh and I'm like, okay, it, it's going to be full in another three weeks. You don't know that. And, and I was like, we really have to start providing information for sure. our, our clients to keep their systems working and then also uh, be a, kind of an eye catcher. Hey, this guy provided me with educational material. Um, I kind of like his business. I I like his format. I like his image. I like his employees. We're going to hire him. And so that was kind of the brainchild of coming up with names that had to, that had a relevance in Google searches. Yeah, and also almost a call to action, like dig it. Yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah. OK, <laughs> so all of a sudden you start jiving with guys my dad's age, you know, you know? Yeah. And stuff like that. They just think it's cool and pump that septic. It's almost like a, it's almost like a call to action. This is something that you have to do. And so when you search these keywords and stuff like that, we wanted to have relevant keywords within our, even our name. And we wanted to make it look cool. I was like, you ever see the Mr. clean guy, you know, folded folded arms, arms crossed, buff, shiny head. Got a ear ring in his ear. He's just (laughs) going to clean, you know, nobody's going to get in his way. And I I liked that image. And I was like, you know, you don't go to a dentist when he advertises his front teeth knocked out or, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that. So why would you, why would you, uh, you know, use a septic company that's got a crappy old truck. Mm-hmm. falling apart and drips oil all over the place so let's let's build a septic company and an excavating company that's top-notch that looks good and that actually provides information that nobody else has the time for or they think it's you know irrelevant you know i'm just i'm digging dirt man i don't want to take pictures i don't want to shoot videos and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so my brother-in-law was really at the forefront of that idea so we come up with names he developed, um, the logos and stuff like that. And of course I throw stuff back and forth, uh, and I, I don't like it. And he comes back. And so, you know, there's that process of, yeah. Yeah. 10 the changes process of elimination. You, yeah. Then you go back to like the second one you had and it's like, mm-hmm. okay,
1: yeah, all right, this is it after 30 of them.
2: <laughs> yeah. So whatever. So that, that was kind of how we started to steer into the world of YouTube, Google business listings, um, uh, facebook and then when instagram and all of those came out i was like dude i gotta do a i gotta do a business page for this too this is great yeah and, the, and that's where i think we got ahead of the kind of the corporate curve on instagram with our following and stuff like that so and the content is cool you know everybody loves a, a caterpillar machine and stuff oh yeah like hell yeah
1: you're preaching to the choir now there's my kind of talk <laughs> You you had me at Google listings and then I was like, what? And then I heard cat, and I'm like, I'm back in. Yeah.
0: It's a good mix of both of our worlds, Luke. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's kind of where it started from. Uh, we started with the Dig it brand, but then realized a pile of dirt and an excavator doesn't speak to the septic uh, maintenance crowd. Uh, so we really had to steer that into a completely different direction and kind of in that franchisee look. Mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that's something I would love to do is franchise it I actually have a, a guy in Montana that's kind of talking about it and a, a guy in more in the Lansing area. So oh, yeah. there's talk of it, it's. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Dervin, it's, it's interesting you say that. Cause right when you said the franchising, it like, it stuck out to me, like your your name, sense. your model, and like even your equipment, it just, but it, it doesn't happen in this industry to my knowledge, like no hardly ever and so it's that's very interesting that you just brought that up
2: because the problem is the, the in the septic world the company is a person yeah i mean right. the ma- majority of the time you get a guy he buys a truck and he go he knows every customer he pumps every tank um and so on but i i wanted it to be bigger than just me and and so you have to have systems in place you have to have image in place you have to have uh growth in place and that's where those are the kind of things i'm trying to figure out like i i'm happy with the 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 progress that we've made and the growth we've made um so i'm not looking to be like this billionaire or something like that but i just want the industry to be better Mm -hmm. like we're professionals and this is what i'm part of an association on the executive board of michigan septic tank association and i i get to network with guys within the whole state that do the same thing as we do and so whenever we're having any kind of a public forum and a discussion and you kind of start butting heads and they start saying snide remarks about inspectors or regulation and blah 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 i say hold on a second we are here to help each other be better you are professionals we are public health professionals Okay. Do you want to go back to the ditch with sewer running in it that your kids fall into and, you know, like Africa and and other undeveloped countries? uh, And no, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. So let's be big boys and, and let's work together and let's listen to an idea that at first we're like, eh, I don't know if I want to do it that way. Well, if you don't want to do it that way, your kids might. Yep. so just don't shout it down too fast and let's remember let's let's act like the professionals that we are in the industry that we are in, mm-hmm. and if we're not acting like professionals, let's change our mindset mm-hmm. and so I think the whole the whole business model for me was just taking an industry that you know everyone likes to joke about and and bring it up a notch mm-hmm. you know we we had we host um, events here at the shop and some of the realtors are like, dude, I would eat off your shop floor. And that's saying a lot for a septic company, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, hallelujah. That's great. <laughs> well, it's good that people know you for that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, um, 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 I don't know if that answered uh, kind of your initial questions, but um, that's kind of what um, what I had on my mind as far as an answer to that.
1: I've, Luke, I'm going to jump in. I've got kind of a question you talked about right away. You got in early with like the Instagram and the social media stuff. Um, You talked about appearance. And I feel like in the septic world, and you kind of mentioned, you know, a septic company is one person and everybody knows that person and they pump all their septics, whatever. How did you take your image for the equipment you have right now cuz that's how i found you you know you've got awesome looking trucks you got obviously the best equipment out there cat um and they look good so how did you take that into the realm that you're in and not have competitors be like this guy is either charging way too much or he's taking advantage or something like that to where you know maybe they're just a guy with one of those pumps that is leaking oil everywhere. They have rusted out trucks or equipment or whatever. You know, that's something that interests me because I get that a lot. People are like, oh, you've got these brand new machines. You know, you must charge way too much. It's like, no, I care about what I'm doing, but I'm interested to hear about it on the septic side
2: because of those companies that
1: usually are there are those one to two man crews.
2: Yeah, so I'll tell you, I wave at every septic guy in my town and about half of them wave back. So uh, I am a threat to all of them, mm-hmm. um, but I don't treat them as a threat to me. Mm-hmm. And I even yeah. say stuff like this, like I'm a public speaker in some of these events and stuff like that. And so when when they're there in the room, I'm transparent with them to a degree. Mm-hmm. And and what I'm saying to them is there's enough work for all of us, yep. let's all be better. So maybe to to start off with, um treat them I I treat all my colleagues with respect um uh, the other thing I think I I think of that comes to mind is that I really provided a lot of educational material that even they can see Mm -hmm. like I'm not charging for videos that talk about how a septic system functions or how an ins proper inspection is takes place or how we do an aeration. And so I'm giving a lot of information out there and they're like, "Oh my. Well, they do they do a lot. They don't just pump tanks. You know, they're full service." And so I think on one hand, the transparency that we offer to our potential customers and our repeat customers, our competitors mm-hmm. see as well and they're mm-hmm. like, "Yeah, he's got a good thing going, you know." Mm-hmm. And and so I even networking in the Michigan Septic Tank Association, um, you know, we're, we deal with legislation and PACs and stuff like that. And so we're, I'm involved in trying to help legislation that benefits all of us get passed. And so if they see me as a voice for them in Lansing, um, mm-hmm. and if, if I go along and testify on these issues, I'm representing them. And that's what we tell them. And, and you know, like you guys, we are your representatives in Lansing. And, you know, we want us all to succeed. Those are probably a couple things. And it's been, I mean, we didn't always have trucks and machines that looked like this. And, and for someone starting off, I would say, you know, don't get discouraged by all the CAD equipment and all the matching fleet and stuff like that. But start with what you can afford. And, and this is the starting point, be consistent with mm-hmm. your appearance. In other words, if you have a charcoal, this is how I started off with charcoal. I had a, I bought a brand new O3 Dodge Cummins and it was charcoal, that dark charcoal. Well, when I bought my first dump truck, it was an old county truck, yellow, that had been painted red, that I painted charcoal. And I had the same logo on my dump truck that I had on the door of my pickup truck. Now it was a '79 Ford L9000, and oh, the thing screaming Detroit in the oh, engine, yeah. and a black rusted-out box. But it had a shiny cab that was the same color as my pickup truck, and it had a very nice logo on it. They mm-hmm. could it was big; they could see it. So start somewhere, and once once we were into it, I was like. Eh charcoal's not really doing anything for me and when we developed the pump that septic brand we we went with the Mr. Clean idea and and my brother-in-law was like look white is so easy to get you can get a white truck anywhere let's pick another color that's clean you know we don't want diarrhea yellow or something yep. like that so let's go blue blue is clean water so let's let's give the appearance of we're hauling water for swimming pools i mean yep. i mean he didn't say that but that's how we look we look like you know we're gonna pull up and and give you fresh water in your in your, in in your pool yep. for the summer, but but in fact, you know, we're we're clean. But everything that's dirty is 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 contained. contained, and we keep our trucks clean. We keep our guys clean, and the only thing that's dirty on those trucks is the whipper and the hose that goes in the tank. All right, mm-hmm. and even that all gets sucked out every job. So consistency in the way you present yourself. Um... Even in even in the equipment, you know, I, I rented first and I bought what I could afford at first. Um, mm-hmm. Put your name on the on the equipment too. So those are those are a couple things that I did starting off. I, I had an image even when I was little and you know struggling and so that you were consistent of it. Okay, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> and the same thing was. I'll bring that into the social media side. So if you went on my Facebook page, that same logo that was on my pickup truck was on my profile, on you know the profile picture, and so every time they saw us, whether it was Twitter, whether it was Facebook, whether it was um, Instagram, there was always that same logo. And so it's branding, you know, it's, it's mind top of mind awareness. It's it's the, it, you know they see it ten times, they're like, and then they see it go down the road and they remember it. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Dervin, we always say you need uh, at least 30 touch points before somebody will make a purchase. And obviously that can be exaggerated. It can be less than that, but uh, it's just that omnipresence marketing. Like what is the easiest way to get that many touch points? It's not one Facebook post or it's not one business card handed out. It's all of those things combined working together. So it's like when they see your truck driving down the road, they're like, it feels like they've seen you everywhere. And then, you know, when the their septic tank is full, which it you know shouldn't be. They already know who to call, and then you know they look on Google and they see that logo and they see you and they know who to call. So uh, it's really building that trust and seeing that okay, well they're investing into their company, into their people, their equipment, and doing something right because I've been seeing them for the last two, three, four years consistently. Yeah. Um, one question I wanted to ask, and and if you guys don't feel the same way, let me know. But I feel like there's like, I know a lot of people that are, um, you know, wanting to start their own business, which is awesome. I'm a big advocate for that. Um, A lot of guys starting out, you know, with a skid steer, maybe a mini and doing a lot of grading, uh, basement digs, things like that, foundations. Do you... Do you see a lot of people starting like a septic company? Because I feel like personally, I haven't seen a lot of that where they like start from pumping and then go up from there. I guess, what are your thoughts on that? Or is that something that you develop a- after you kind of start an excavating company?
2: Yeah, I think it's a longer path. Um, uh, there, there's more training, there's more licensing that you have yeah. to get when you start a septic company. So if you, If you want to get into septic yeah do your research and uh get your different um like uh you have to get a license through eagle uh to be able to be a septic waste hauler uh and then there's different classifications within that there's residential sewage and then there's you know industrial waste grease and stuff like that so yeah the the way we got into it was we were doing sewer hookups by myself i was I, i there was a project where they did a um a treatment plant and they were servicing five all sports lakes and they were disconnecting the septics and hooking them up to sewer i was doing that and i hired a local pumper to pump tanks and and i got a bill for like 1200 dollars because i did six tanks you know, at the time you know back in 2005 and i was like well that's 1200 dollars that could be in my pocket if i bought a truck
1: mm-hmm
2: so there was a local well driller local friend of mine who knew a guy that was retiring and I bought an old truck with a propane tank on it that was a vac truck and I got I got my license my tank credits uh through eagle it was then I I can't even uh mdeq at the time it was yeah but anyway I got that and so um at the end of that project I was like wow this is two different businesses really um and so our septic side now is really a feeder for excavation work on the excavating side. Right. And on the excavating side, when we put new systems, dig basements and put in new systems, we're coming back in three years and we're cleaning their tank. So I, I, never, I never saw the connection until I uh, started doing the work. Then I was like, oh my goodness, we can market these both. I mean, you got you got twice the exposure for one business now. All of a sudden, if you market it correctly, and you have you have exponentially more customers now uh, because as an excavator, because you provide full service septic, and then there's drain cleaning, and there's camera inspections, and there's you know pumping, and then there's engineered systems that provide that you need to provide uh, ongoing maintenance for, and it just there's pipelining there's you know there's just a there's just a vast array of of businesses and that's why i tell my boys i'm like you know you guys want to make some more money you know start shaking the doors down on a few of these different industries Mm -hmm. that that we come across like you know cipp close you know pipe cure and cure in place pipe Mm -hmm. lining and and all that other stuff you know and that's how we got into hydrovac um
1: we just took our class for the cure in place pipe yeah, we, we sent a guy to Idaho to do that. It was very cool, from what he told us. He mm-hmm. he enjoyed it.
2: I would love to get into that, but I don't have mm-hmm. the manpower. So yep. you know. So yeah, that's it's really cool. So uh, those are a few things I think of um, as far as that goes.
1: No, oh, good question, Luke. Um, I've kind of got one as well, and this kind of flips the script a little bit. You talked about obviously, and this is this is talked about with a lot of people, but it's it's the enough work for everyone quote. Right. And this, I, I, I want to get your take on it because I feel like in your, from where you're at, you're sitting up top, right? You're comfortable where you're at. You've built a very good book of business, right? But then I'm going to bring it to the bottom spectrum to where there's a young gun coming in. He wants to, you know, drum up a lot of work and just blow up, right? I'm going to use that in a, and is at as an example. So the enough work for everyone, how you, to where you're at, you know, being competitive is what I'm going to bring it into when you say that, but then when you're going against other people out on bids, do you look at it at the aspect of, I know my service. I know what I can, what I can provide. That is to me, you're not competition. You know, do you look at it that way at all? Um, I guess it's kind of a tough question to really kind of nail down. Um, maybe I'll I'll bring a personal side into it a little bit. Maybe that'll help. So on our Western side, we are seeing a lot of contractors get upset with their current providers. Maybe they're not giving them the service that they want or whatever, right? So in our heads, we're like, we're going to take every opportunity to try to service this person to hopefully gain future business. Okay. But you take that top end guy who's been around for a long time, you know, um, I won't name names, but it's happening to us right now to where they're like, I'm not worried about these guys. I'm comfortable where I'm at. I'm I'm going to bury you type thing. But he also on the flip side is like, there's enough work for everybody. You know, it is what it is. So does that mentality ever cross over if that tries to make sense or if that makes sense for the point I'm trying to ask?
2: Um, let me try and answer it this way. Um, I, when you're first starting off, you you generally just you bid everything to where you can make enough money mm-hmm. to keep going. You don't have the luxury to say, "Oh, there's enough work for everyone." I'm just gonna, you know, price this, you know, however sky high I want. Um, and we we don't we don't even have that luxury either. But what we try and do is we try and cater to the the customer we want to work for, yep. and by providing the information. Uh, online, most of our customers have already decided we're going to do their job Mm -hmm. before they even contact us. Mm -hmm. And that's because we have provided transparency and uh, we have provided real time and real location data, meaning, okay, today we're working in Niles. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know where Niles, Michigan is. Okay. Tomorrow we're working in Kalamazoo and we have pictures of it and we say what we're doing and so we're really positioning ourselves there's enough work to go around for for everyone I'll say that but there's some people I don't really want to work for yep that the the guy starting up would be just happy to serve mm-hmm. um i've i've positioned the company in a place that we are the known professionals in the area so i i guess it it feels a little a little Uh, bit more comfortable you know your service right yeah yes so so i guess i would have to agree with that conclusion there but that being said you know every now and then if i want to work for someone and they're like man that's just uh you know i'll negotiate a little bit now Mm -hmm. it's not it's not devaluing what we offer nope it's that i want to work for this person and i'll give them a little better deal like you know one percent or something mm-hmm. you know, like something. that so something that makes them feel like okay he's cut me a little he's cut me a break i really yeah. want him to do this and and so you have to you have to know your your customer mm-hmm. and and you get better at that uh the more you do it um so i guess that's that's some of of how i would answer that question the one yeah thing- oh go ahead or-
0: Or Luke, actually, you can go because I'm going to jump in with a little bit of a different point here.
1: I was going to say, so from what we're seeing, and I feel like from what a lot of other people are seeing, and I'm going to speak to both sides of this, to where if you are new coming in, know your industry, you know, learn what you need to learn, learn what actual prices are of things, learn what it actually takes to do business. But from the other side you know obviously learning that but knowing that i know i'm comfortable with a lot of the contractors i work with but that only instills me to want to work more and more to gain more i and maybe it's just me but i'm competitive as hell you yeah. know i i will never badmouth anybody i'm sure people offer great services but i know i want people to know when they bring up our names that they are fantastic at what they do they know their shit they're going to get it done Right, And then I'm going to explain that service of, yes, we are the best, not trying to downgrade to anybody, but I yeah. that's what I want us to be known for. And that's yeah. what, you know, again, I see an opportunity and I'm not saying this into your aspect, but I feel like a lot of people get comfortable to where they're at because where they know what they put out and they know what they've built, that there's, there's always ever challenging competitors is kind mm-hmm. of the roundabout way is what I was going to say.
2: Yeah. I'll say to your point, to the, to the guy starting up, um, you have to stop saying, how much should I charge an hour for my skid steer? Oh, that's, that's just the complete wrong way to look I at this. I hate seeing that. Because, and here's why, when you arrive, say you have a place where all your equipment is, when you arrive, how long, how long does it take you to load everything, get everything on there? How much time does it take to fuel, to grease, to uh, all kinds of crazy stuff, to load your yep. pipe? then you get to the job and you work 15 minutes and you do a job or i'll say 2 hours and and you you install stuff and you you cover it back up but the machine time might have been 2 hours okay Correct. but you get back at 2:30 okay what are you going to do for the rest of the day yeah you're not going to make Correct. money bro no so guess what if it's going to take you more than half a day you better have the money for a day's worth of work for that machine You're providing a service that it's not like you can bring a helicopter and drop the thing in and then suck it up and you're gone. And there's, there's no headache. No, you bring everything back. You've got to clean it up. My dad. So my dad runs an electric motor facility and I ran that 10 years out of high school. That's where I got my business degree. I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, running that repair facility. And he always said the job is not complete until all the dirt from that customer that their motor is cleaned all your tools are put back the paint booth is cleaned up and the trash is taken out okay now you punch out because guess what that's not my dirt Mm -hmm. i don't pay you to clean that guy's dirt that guy pays you to clean his dirt you know whatever mess is made that you know that has to be on the clock and so I, i brought that into the excavating side i'm like well sure uh, I'm I'm a one heck of an excavator, we'll say, you know, operator, and so uh, I might be able to do something in two hours that it would take a, a new guy for, and so I show up, I do the job in two hours, and I charge them for you know a half a day or a day, and they're like, oh wow, this other guy quoted this. Yeah, well, guess what? You're paying for my my experience, from my knowledge, from my craft. Mm-hmm. I have developed my craft to to a a, a level. Mm-hmm. that I can do the job more efficiently. And so the guy starting out has to understand that, man, there's a lot of time and energy and hidden cost in running, you know, any company with high overhead in mm-hmm. equipment and in insurance and in fuel. And and, and that changes too. And so you have Always. to be, you know, we had a fuel surcharge that we would go up and down when the fuel went crazy back in, I don't it was know. the last it year. Was, well, even before that, like 10 years ago when it spiked up, we started doing a, a fuel surcharge. Well, now we just absorb it into a new, new pricing, but people were like, you know, the shipping companies are charging fuel surcharges. And so we would take the, you know, the prime uh, rate of the day, and that would determine our, our, you know, fuel surcharge and shipping companies were doing it. And like, why can't we, we're driving people's shit all over the place. Right. It, why can't you, you do it as well i'm a yeah. shipping company <laughs> yep exactly yep so anyway
0: yeah and durvin i want to take a stab at it this way too because i was just listening to the con expo podcast um our good friend dylan mercier was on it and with taylor white and it was really cool because he talks about it from like the new guys that we're talking about here and i, I loved his insight on it because he didn't hold anything back and what he mentioned too is, uh, cause Taylor asked him about competition and what he thinks of that and, and how he kind of handles it. And he said, you know, he, he takes their scraps and, but he, the, they know it, he knows it. And so he has like this sort of business relationship with them. It's like, Hey, I'll do the stuff you don't want to do. I'll clean up after the stuff you don't want to clean up after, because going back to your point about the profits of a bigger company in the overhead, somebody like Dylan or somebody just starting out doesn't have as much overhead or as much um, uh, margin or they have a lot more margin to play with. So a lot of times they can do uh, some of those shittier jobs for less, but you know, working with a company like you or like your competition uh, can help feed some of that work towards you. So Uh, If these guys know that they're getting all the leads and they just can't service them and they have somebody like a Dylan that is willing to do a really good job and has been doing a good job and they'll just start feeding them that way. uh, I feel like that's a great way to get started and get going. But as Dylan will say, and he'll tell you, I mean, it's long hours, it's hard work, but he knows where he wants to get to. And he knows that there's a lot of hard work in between now and where he wants to be.
2: Yeah. And I would have to say we we have that relationship with pumpers in our area if you know if I don't have a guy to do an emergency pumping on a weekend I'll, I'll give out a couple names and you know some of those guys are are just one-man operations and so if they get into a situation where there's a, a campground with like 20 tanks and they can't service them in the next month you know they'll say hey call dig it call pump that septic you know so we have a little bit of that on the commercial side we don't do a lot of big uh, sites, but we'll go in and we'll do seeding and strawing on a job or we'll do the septic system on a commercial. Or you know, some of the, some of the, the, like that big commercial system we just picked up, um, the The main contractor on there, Brubaker out of Goshen, um, they, they're huge. You know, they have lots of guys and, you know, they, they're, they run a top-notch organization, but, you know, they don't do septics. And so we go in and we do the septic and uh, it's a good ticket item for us. Um, or you know we might go in and finish up uh, seating around a dock that they put in or something like that because they can't get to it. so there's there's definitely that type of relationship that we have with contractors, GCS and and fellow uh, competitors I'll call them in the area. and so absolutely there's no shame in collaborating with people within your industry and, and in fact I say it all help it helps us all because We can, we can bring each other up. You know, if they see me driving around in a, you know, a brand new pickup truck and, you know, Ford F-550 service trucks and they're nice and they're like, oh, dude, how do you do that? Well, uh, you know, what are are you charging for your jobs? Maybe you need to charge more. And so my gauge is if I get a hundred percent of the bids, I'm, I'm bidding, I'm bidding too too low. I have to lose bids to be able to gauge, okay, we're getting close to, you know, the border of where we want to be camping out. Mm-hmm. So. On
1: on your bidding basis, Kay, for finding your numbers, is there? How do I want to structure this question? Because this is kind of an intricate question. When you got into some of that bigger stuff, were you obviously you were very well educated, but were there some to where you're like, I am not sure how to do some of these parts. I'm going to bid it high and see where I come in for future reference. Yep. Yes. Yeah.
2: Never, never, never guess and think, I don't know if I have enough. Put in too much. Mm -hmm. Like if if you're not sure, double it. You know, I'm an opportunist. It's really interesting. I have sold jobs that I didn't have the equipment for. Mm -hmm. Uh, On the septic side, I sold a drain field restoration before I had an aeration machine or even a camera so on the job i said yeah we'll do an inspection i had the i had the rigid salesman bring a demo camera out on this job and we're like scoping (laughs) we're and he's like man this thing is like a baseball bat and he's like whacking it on the ground like hey don't break it we need to actually use this thing yeah don't don't break (laughs) it we we uh scoped it out and and uh said yep see the whole thing's saturated but we can get it going and i'm calling the guy out in minnesota the Earthbuster guy it was soil shaker back in the day and i'm like dude i have to have one i just sold the job he's like i can't get parts and i was like do you have one yeah he's like sell it to me he sold it to me good <laughs> like, yes. i sold the job before i had that and and this has happened just recently again um with lift station maintenance so we're we have the cranes we have the hydrovac we don't have confined space equipment we don't have gas meters we don't have tripods we don't have the training just spent eight thousand dollars on all of that stuff because we have a sixty thousand dollar job mm-hmm. uh, that we're gonna do so dude if the opportunity's there and if the money's there nobody would bid this job and I said hey bring two or three estimates in here I don't care i I bid it so I can make money mm-hmm. you know yeah this is where I got to be could not get a single other person to bid it and they're like really? well we feel like you know I had I had a uh, subcontractor who sells pumps say, yeah, you're, you might be a little high, but you're not out of the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we're buying the equipment, mm-hmm. which, you know, is some tripods and some, you know, gas meters and, and air supply and awesome and stuff like that. And we're going to pull these pumps out, replace the top, put grates on, update all the floats, put in a new pump or two, put in a rail system. And now we've got everything for the next job. Awesome. And the job will pay for that equipment, you know? So that's, yeah, that's kind of, you know, don't, don't sell yourself cheap, Mm -hmm. uh, just because someone wants a good deal, you know, know your value. In other words, set yourself in a position that you're charging like a professional. You can be safe like a professional. And, you know, that was, that was a problem when I was first starting out, I was doing all these sewer hookups around the lakes. I was in water tables. I was deep. And Paul Fallon, he he doesn't even know how to start excavators, and he he owns this huge excavating company. Actually, he retired, but at the time, I did his sewer hookup, and he drove home one day, and I was in this deep ditch. I mean, it was it was sloped back, but it was probably eleven feet deep. I had the dump truck sitting there, the excavator here, and I had loading dirt. And he got out of his truck and he said, "You have kids?" And I said, "Yeah, I've got. I think I had four at the time." I said, yeah, I got four. He said, I don't want to ever see you down in a hole like that ever again. And he just sat there and looked at me and I was like, okay. (laughs) You got it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It it was sort of safe, but it could have not been safe. And I said, okay, look, we got to slow this down and I got to charge enough that if it's going to take me four days to do it safely, we're not going to try and whack it down in two days and make a profit. You know what I'm saying? We're going to take the four days yep, and so take your time. New guys don't do stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, just don't, it's, it's not worth it. I mean, talk to Parker, uh, what's his name, Aaron, not Parker. Um, uh, Alex. Yes.
0: Yeah. I actually yeah, just talked yeah, to him today. Alex Parker. Yeah.
2: I, I just met him at con expo um and yeah he i mean i I read his story and stuff like that but it was nice meeting him talking to him and
0: yeah um luke he had a, a trench collapse i believe it was alex parker the uh with parker rock and dirt and yeah, he's he's the um he's the vice president of crew collab so yes, we yes. have meetings every couple of weeks together but um yeah so he's like i would i th- you know say a big advocate for trench safety yeah and um you know shares a lot of uh insightful content and also like just raising awareness for uh trench safety mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's good did he have one collapse on him yeah he was yeah, I, with the guy and yeah. they were able to dig them both out and they uh i don't remember if they both survived or not but he, he has a lot of back trouble
0: yeah I, I was oh, gonna really? say i know Yes, he still does years and years later, still has back troubles from it. And I believe broken back and a few other, um, big injuries from it, but yeah, he was one of the lucky ones, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: You hear a lot of scary stories about that, but yeah, I'm, it's cool to see people really taking, you know, an initiative to try to teach about it. Obviously, you know, it, it's always been there, but you see more and more about it on social media. So hopefully people are actually doing their part and trying to teach more and obviously stay safe with it. Yeah. Know. Yeah,
0: definitely. And I, we might as well bring it up now, but uh, Dervin, I know at con expo, um, saw you got together with the group, uh, went out to eat, had a little, I'll just call it a mastermind probably meeting of the minds. Um, yeah. how, how was that? I know I knew most of the people in your group, it just looked like a good time. And you know, all of you guys are in the septic industry. So I just thought that was really cool that you guys are doing something outside of the show, but also I can imagine like, what you guys talked about, you moved forward at some point during those conversations.
2: Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Walnut Grove, Travis Gamble from Walnut Grove ASAP Septic. He's out of South Carolina. Uh, little the little operator, um, Alex. Uh, she was there, um, and then the Canadian guys, uh, Canadian Septic uh, James uh, Seitzma, and myself. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. It was it was just good to kind of kind of shoot the bull together and, you know, talk about industry, you know, um, problems and, you know, uh, just, just things that we enjoy about it and just kind of encourage each other to, to be professionals and, you know, to do a good job. And it was, that was a fun night. You know, it was really a fun night. Um, I would definitely do it again. And, and there again, that's, um, you know, the collaboration makes everybody better, you know? i i the days of you know everybody you know having a a shooter on their hip and you know don't come into my territory mm-hmm. you know or i'll i'll blow you out uh it's just stupid i mean there there's so much information and there's so much connectivity i'll say within our social worlds today that yeah. you know find your niche find find uh find your friend group even within within the industry you know it, it was interesting um uh, we've been featured so many times in in pumper magazine and on-site installer and in different projects and stuff like that and um james from uh canadian septic he's he's started to get featured too and uh one of the guys one of the editors from i think it was um jim Oh, I can't think of his name, Jim from Cole Publishing, called me up the other day and he said, Hey, you got anything in the pipeline? He said, You know, we used to run around just trying to find stories. And he said, We just, you know, we just kind of have our handful that we like to go back to and say, What are you doing that's interesting? What are you doing that's unusual? And, you know, I don't know if you can see the picture in the background, but, you know, that Lake Cora project was just featured in February on. Uh, uh, on site installer. It was a sludge hammer drip irrigation, which is very, it's kind of new for the area and super close tolerance on setbacks to lake and stuff that they allow because of the final effluent was so clean. So just stuff like that. I, and I just put it out there, you know. And so other people in the area, you know, start using sludge hammer and stuff. And sometimes I'm like, dude, he does more with sludge hammer than I do. And, you know, and I've spent all this time and energy and money on, you know, producing videos and I and I say good for them the whole industry is better you know in one second your ego is like dude come on I kind of helped you get there but it's like I don't care I just do not care really I can't care because the industry and the community is worth more than my big ego (laughs) yeah and like Uh, you said the
1: safety earlier too like would you want to go back to the old ways where your kids are playing and shit or do you want a clean environment and clean space for them
2: yeah
0: no. yeah we gotta we gotta move it forward and i i love how you know you talk about that and uh i'll just say keep your eyes peeled because i'm making my debut in the western canada's on-site informer uh i think this month so cool. it uh my uh, my first article will be published i think in a couple of weeks here so that's
2: Congrats. awesome love that's to see it cool. love to
0: see yeah it. so it should be good but yeah i mean just like you said too it's I think, and Luke, I know this has helped me a lot with the podcast really of just like it gets you out of your little world of like maybe your town or your city or even your state where you realize that there's other things going on in the world. And there's other people out there doing different things um, that are doing cool things that are very innovative, motivating, whatever it is. And I think the podcast and just being, you know, social on social media and just kind of that collaboration has really helped me see more of the bigger picture of like, okay, well, it's not just about like making an extra dollar or trying to beat this person out. That's in my local town. It's like the bigger picture of, okay, well, how do we move forward as an industry, uh, as a business? And I'm very similar to Luke. I'm very competitive as well, but you can be competitive and still help others out. So I think there's there's kind of a blurred line for some people that kind of get stuck in their ways, but um, I love competition. And a lot of times it can be very positive competition.
1: Yeah. I, I think you said it really well, Luke, there is a blurred line between like it's competition and almost arrogance. To where just because you're competing, you feel like you have to hate that person. And I feel like they're very, very small minded in that aspect. Obviously, yeah, yeah, when you're competing, may the best man win, may the best price win, may the best service win, right? But it doesn't mean you're a bad company. Right. right? And I feel like that needs to get put out more in the sense of just because we're competing, I don't hate you, right? I think you, I'm sure you have a great service. I hope to beat your service but at the day's end, I have nothing bad to say about you, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and Luke, as you say that too, I just thought of respect. Like I know, I think of a lot of people in, whether it's my industry or others industries, it's like when you have respect for the person and you really enjoy that person and what they're doing for maybe their family, for themselves, like you just, you love it. You want to see them succeed as well. And, but yeah, it's just kind of like that. you know, let the best man win, but it's not for like the long game. It's like just on this one project or this one client. And, you know, when you have respect for somebody like that, you you really do want to see them succeed, and that's where that collaboration really comes in as well.
2: Yeah, yep. I mean, I don't want to see my competitors driving around in pieces of junk that you know drive right. oil and stuff like that. And if if I raise the prices and they raise the prices, and he buys a new truck, I'm like, man, we have four nice septic trucks in our community yes. now, and that's great. It almost kind of. I don't want to say it brings
1: more respect to the industry, but it's looked at differently. Mm -hmm. And it kind of goes back to the appearance. Like people do care what you look like. I don't care what anybody says, but that is the first thing that people will notice. What type of equipment you have, what type of, you know, uniform you have for the guys on site, what type of trucks you drive. And seldomly is it bad to where people are like, oh, they're driving a brand new pickup. I'm not going to have them. They charge way too much. A lot of the times it's opposite to where they must really care about their business. They must really care about, you know, investing back and getting the best tools for the projects, that type of thing.
2: So I have a three P's that are kind of my business philosophy, pride, um, professionalism and profit. Mm -hmm. And none of those are a dirty word. Mm -mm. Uh, Pride is we want our image to be um, clean, presented well, presentable we Mm -hmm. want to be the professionals in our industry. So that's, then the professionalism comes in. Um, we don't, you know, we don't cut corners. We don't, you know, dump sewage in the, in this, in In the lake
1: or in the local fishing
2: pond. Exactly. And then profit. And I say, we are where we are because I want to be profitable. Okay. Mm -hmm. Profit is not a dirty word. And so those three P's are kind of the, the, um, my personal, uh, business, a mantra, mm-hmm. you know, and people say, wow, this is cool. And I say, it takes all three. It takes image, pride. It takes professionalism, integrity. It takes profit. You have to be able to have money at the end of the day for this kind of stuff. You want a good yeah. service, you're gonna have we're gonna have to
1: make money to provide that good service. Mm-hmm. You want good people to provide that service, we're gonna have to pay them a good amount of money. So we have yes. to be profitable in order to do so. Yes.
0: Right. And that also goes into your original point, too, of consistency. Like you can't be consistent and grow with the times and add resources and educate without profit. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's not a as a business, you have to make profit to sustain. Longevity as a business. And obviously, do it. The goal is to do it in a healthy way where you can spend some time with family or you can have a cookout a couple times a year, whatever that looks like. Uh, but having profit has never been a bad thing. And I think showcasing that and just um, maybe educating too a little bit that it's not a bad thing to have profit. Every business needs to have it to succeed.
2: So. Yeah. And if, if we succeed as a company, you as an employee are going to succeed too. You know,
1: that is one of my, one of our site foreman's is he's kind of adopted the role of keeping everybody's spirits high on shitty days. Cause there are really shitty days, <laughs> but he's been really good at telling guys on site. Like, Hey, if the company is not making money on us, yeah. we are not doing our jobs correctly.
2: So I just had this uh, discussion. I have a lot of my kids working for me uh 24, 22, 19, 16. Those are all full-time. And then six, 16 I, I two you right. working for you. Hell yeah. Anyway, so I had this discussion last night. I, I came back from, uh, and they were like, How do you, how do you, uh, I'm kind of going off off the topic a little bit. They were like, How do you present the company in a way that it doesn't end when you say you are a VAC truck driver for a septic industry? And mm-hmm. I was like, Well, uh, I don't know. So we had a good discussion about that. But at this, and then at the same time, I was like, hey guys, you know what? We have we need to we need to talk about because my one daughter, she does a lot of the administrative stuff, but there's there's some aspects, you know, the the DOT regulations and stuff like that. She gets a little bogged down and she's like, I hate that. She'd rather be out doing inspections. And she's like, I'm gonna get my CDL license. And I'm like, Okay. Like, like, please do it. We need more drivers. (laughs) (laughs) But and then my one son was like, you know. I'm happy to just kind of like, you know, he's like that millennial mindset, like, you know, the, the job, the job funds, the passion, you know, work is not the passion. Something yep. else is the passion. And, you know, so anyway, and he's like, well, I'm, I'm happy with, you know, the amount of work that I, I do. And I said, that's a horrible mindset to have. Mm-hmm. I said, you'll get fired with that kind of a mindset. You won't be promoted with that kind of a mindset. I said, do you realize if you don't figure out a way to become more profitable to the company, I might just let you go. Yeah, gonna replace Um, you. Yeah, and I told, I said to my daughter too, I said, you know, you can't can't pick and choose uh, what your boss is going to give you as a responsibility. Now, as a dad, you can be a little bit workable here, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, if you don't wanna do this role, I I can find probably another person, a guy or a gal, that would love to take over your job and they would do it maybe better than you. Mm -hmm. So I said, the one thing we have to have this discussion in a family company every now and then where you just like lay it out. You're like, yeah, "Yeah, I'm your dad, but I'm your boss too. And at some level, this machine has to be oiled. This machine has to be fed. And if you're not gonna feed it at the level of of intensity of the work stream that's coming in, you're going to have to fall off mm-hmm. and we're going to have to put someone more competent in your place. And so I, I kind of, I felt like I kind of gave them all a shot in the arm to like get with it a little more, like invest something more than you're giving into the company mm-hmm. and make it your own, make mm-hmm. your little corner, your own, make it a bigger corner and you'll you'll get compensated for it. So it was a fun conversation to have. It, it got a little heated a couple of times, but and uh my wife doesn't get involved in the company at all she's just kind of quietly listening (laughs) she left the room a couple times and came Mm -hmm. back and it was it was just kind of fun it was a dynamic and then at the end i was like guys listen there's nothing more fun than me coming back at the end of the day and a van drives in olivia's got the inspection camera there and she's like talking about the inspections and isaiah comes rolling in with lucian in the vac truck and they're like these customers today were awesome you know Mm -hmm. and this that the other thing or this guy was nasty, or whatever. I said that is so rewarding, to to say, dude, my kids ran this multi-million-dollar company today, mm-hmm. and I was just like, that's amazing. That's cool. That's then. amazing. And you need to understand that what you're doing is amazing, but you have to contribute more. You have to contribute every day. You have to get up. You have to say, I'm doing, I'm doing a public health uh, service, by what I'm doing, you have to elevate it in your mind to what it actually is. And that's how you have that conversation with your friends. Hey, do you want to go back to, you know, urine and feces floating down your front door, throwing the garbage out that your kids walk through and your dogs walk through and then they come inside? I mean, do we want to go back to that? Or do we want to have sanitary have conditions? Purpose. Do we want to have good jobs? Do we want to have healthy swimming beaches? Do we want to have, you know, all of that stuff? And they're like, yeah, okay, let's go get them. Hell yeah.
1: I (laughs) want to ask this question and and I know we're getting close to time here, Luke, but so the family business side, how I come from a family to where that is not an option. They've had bad experiences within the family and it just kind of driven them apart. Mm -hmm. How do you separate the boss and the dad mentality and how like what are some secrets to make that work it's a good question
2: um i think one of the things is to be available to them outside of work you okay. have to be involved in their interests uh you have to be involved in their activities uh the things they're interested in also i can't i can't always be talking business with them mm-hmm. they're like i'm done talking business okay fine okay so let's talk soccer let's talk uh you know videography or whatever you're interested in or um you know right now my son is prom and stuff like that so okay Mm -hmm. that's that's or let's go to concerts together or let's go to a soccer game together we're going to go to uh uh i don't know who it is real madrid and ac milan or something Mm -hmm. like that over in ann arbor um I mean crazy tickets, 192 bucks a piece, but yep. what 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 the heck? Let's go do it, you know. Let's go do it because it's your passion. Yeah, and, and and that's the kind of stuff. You know, my one son, he he likes playing higher higher level soccer. So we drive to, you know, St. Louis last weekend and we do National League games. And, you know, he's going to Spain uh, in three weeks for a week with his mom. And you know, you you just have to spend the money on some of that kind of stuff. And and someone just starting to say, Well, I can't go to Spain with my kid. Do what you can. You know, yep. 20 yeah, years ago, I did not take my kids to Spain to play soccer, okay? Mm-hmm. That's the reward of 20-some years of blood, sweat, and tears. And so the family aspect is it's a little more controllable within the immediate family. I have I have extended family uh, that works for me as well. That gets a little more dicey. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's definitely you have to decide, is that a... Is that a pill you wanna swallow? And at some level, sometimes you gotta move beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, you know, well, I'll take it as long as it works yeah. uh, and I'll work on it as long as I need to, to make it work. But, uh, but at some level, my kids gonna have, they're gonna have to move on and my other extended family is gonna have to move on if, if it's not gonna be a successful. If the culture declines to a place that the company cannot function properly then we got to make changes, Yep. you know? And I think that's kind of at the helm of a company you have to decide is the culture still intact? Is it the way you want it? Is there ways to improve it? Um, or do you just have to get out the, you know, the pruning shears and say, okay, time, time to chop the tree, time to just kind of bring the tree a little closer here Mm -hmm. uh, to your, to your vision. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: I, I've let go of a couple of people and it's, it's tough, you know, and I'm not, I, I don't want to bring up firing or hiring or anything like that. Cause I'm sure that I'm sure you run a great business with family and I'm sure it brings its challenges. But the one challenge that sticks out to me is like the emotion side of it to where you have, you know, your normal employees that have no family relation to you. It's tough to get rid of them because obviously yeah. you want them to be okay. But then obviously the family side, that would be tough. That would be my one like red flag to be like, how do I do this to where that time comes,
2: if it does. Yeah, my my wife says, you know, she she doesn't like anyone close because she feels too emotionally attached to it. And mm-hmm. I said, that's why I'm the business owner, not you. You know, yep. and we yeah. as guys somehow uh, are a little more emotionally disconnected. But there is emotion to all of it, and yep. and you have to remember. To have empathy in those situations too. You know, we're in an industry where everyone's tough. I mean, we were talking about mental health. You were talking about just someone who said, I'm soft. Was it Taylor? I listened to that interview with Taylor and you guys, and he was like, Yeah, people think it's soft to like go to like therapy or therapy. Something. Yeah. Or it was not at all. No, it was, it was, no, it was, Taylor. It was yep, Taylor. It was Taylor. So here's the thing, guys. Um, we have to be tough when we need to be tough, but we also have to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think that's that keeps us um grounded. Definitely. No, it does indeed.
1: Yeah. I again kind of a personal question on that note. So thanks for thanks for answering that. Because yeah, I mean, through my experiences and through what I've seen, family businesses do not work. But on my spectrum, you know, my fiance, we've got a little girl and we want more. And she always asks the question of like, how many should we have? And I'm like, I'll have as many as you give to me. Right. But I right. like, oh. I would love to have a little team of like, I, she was like, well, what if we have 10 kids? I'm like, I would love 10 kids, but I would love for them to work for me. I think that was so
2: so sick. I I have six. Um, and that's where it it seemed to end, which is fine. Um, I I'll take, I come from a family of nine. My wife comes from a family of seven. So we're used to kids. Yeah. And, uh, so six was decent, but, uh, the other weekend, I didn't have anyone to go with me on an emergency pumping and my uh, youngest Olivia, uh, Anastasia, she's, um, 12 and I'm like, you want to come with me? She's like, yeah. Yeah. So she gets on a Dig It shirt and and she's on an Instagram post throwing hoses, you know, and I have, I have pictures of my oldest daughter when she was little, just Mm -hmm. little pudgy thing, you know, just out there. So (laughs) much fun. It's so rewarding. And the kids don't realize it at the time. Uh, They they don't value it at the time. But, you know, it was really interesting. I was um, my son does some gaming, the the the, um, soccer player. And he was like, dude. um, And he started explaining what I was doing at Con Expo Mm -hmm. and how I was an influencer for and dude, they took him over to Sweden and he was going off to his soccer teammate. And I was like, I was just sitting there like, You're like yeah, keep it coming. You're this right. Pretty awesome. yeah, cool. Like, yeah. I'm a badass. Like, yeah. Like I thought, dude, you hated me. I mean, not that they hate you. Know, like the <laughs> no, teenagers yeah. teenager like to get lost, dad. You know, yeah. That yeah. Oh, that is it, really cool. Yeah. I was just like, cool. And, you know, it's just, it's a lot of fun, yep. you know, kids washing equipment and, you know, they look back on all that stuff and they just, you know, they value it. It's yep. time, you know time spent together Mm -hmm. and it really it can be fun times just not work and it can be work fun times Um, and it could be nasty times too (laughs) yeah that just comes with the industry there's good days there's bad days and there's really
1: bad days yeah
0: yeah yeah it's important though that they they see a lot of that too and if you can be that leader for them and it works out great um that's perfect because a lot of times, you know, you don't want to coddle somebody either in like a perfect bubble scenario. And so a lot of times it is very important, um, growing up to have a lot of those hard times, especially from a business sense. I think you see a lot of the ups and downs and you see like some of the sacrifices and what needs to be done. Um, but then, yeah, from a family perspective too, you know, you do have to set some boundaries as well. I know you guys are just talking about it there, but you know, how do you hire and fire, Family members. And at the end of the day, it is a business. I think that's just more of a fact. It's not like a necessarily like a feel good um, type of thing. It's like the business has to make money and be profitable to yeah. keep going. And I think, yeah, just looking at, at the end of the day of more of just like a business, but you can have some of those incredible, great memories and great times while doing it as well. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Well, good. Well, Luke, I think that's a podcast, man. Yeah, Durbin, that, thanks so much for your time.
0: That flew by Durbin. That was awesome. Thank you, man. That was
2: great. Loved it. I loved it. And yeah. uh I'll keep listening to all you guys' uh, information. Just keep doing what you guys are doing. Um, love to meet oh, I have to tell you this story. I wanted oh, to meet so. you so bad at Con Expo. Um and listen to your your presentation, uh, both of you, but I-, I wanted to be at the presentation so I I think there was one time I didn't get to your presentation, but then there was like a, a panel where there was a bunch of you or something, uh, or
0: I think or... that was uh, so. Luke and I we I both had a, had a couple things, and Luke Luke had the panel. I had like the individual speaking presentation, and then we had a couple like live shows. So it was a little yeah. little bit of a mixed bag.
2: Yeah. So anyway, one of them, I was thinking one of them, uh, they expanded the room. And if you hadn't signed up ahead of time, you had to pay like eighty bucks to get in the room or something. I was like, shoot! Yeah, um, I'll tell you so right away, I'm not worth eighty bucks, so I would have saved. Wow! It, <laughs> I was just like, shoot! I got to meet these guys sometime, but yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to connect. Up have sometime. to get together. Yeah, yeah. It'd be no, awesome. that'd be fun. Um, it'd be a great time. So
0: yeah, hell yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make it happen. Luke and I will come out to you and then uh, obviously yep. we'll see you at a couple shows as well, but we'll, we'll yeah. make a special trip out there. And I think that'd be electric to come visit you, visit the whole family and see, yep. the, the, operation see the operation as well.
2: Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. Be a blast. Good awesome. stuff. Well, that's a, a wrap on this. To
0: good to see you, Dervin. Always a yeah, pleasure. David, and so much. this is a wrap on another Dirtbags episode.
2: All right. See you guys. It was great meeting.